rhinos. These <laughs> these rad-looking mega herbivores have walked the earth for around 50 million years, and they look like a holdover from a prehistoric past. Honestly, it's kind of crazy they aren't extinct already. The one we're talking about today actually is. It's the western black rhino. Gone. Did you ever feel so bad Hey guys, just a little note. We've recorded this episode in two parts, so stay tuned after the rhino story for a very special update on the man of the hole. We originally did an episode all about him in April of 2021, so if you want to, you can go and listen to that episode and learn all about him. But now to the rhino. Welcome to Extinction Events! The rhinos, huh? Rhinos. They're crazy looking, right? I think this will be a good episode because people like rhinos. Yeah. Rhinos. Rhinoceroses. Rhinoceri. Lotta. Is it rhinoceri? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's a lot left. No, I was going to say, like, I've been hearing about rhinos going extinct my entire life. Right. So, yeah, I'm surprised there's there's any around. Of yeah. many types. Uh, there are many different kinds. It's almost, you know, southern white rhino, uh, eastern gray rhino. That's not a one. But, you know, there are all these specific little regions and they've been evolving in those regions for so long. That they're distinct? Mm-hmm. You know what's disappointing? Like the Indian rhino. You know what's what? Sorry. Disappointing. What's the Indian rhino? I don't know if if that's what it's actually called, but basically you got the white rhino and it's got the two big horns and that's the coolest looking one. Uh-huh. And then the black rhino also has two horns, but they're like not as big. And then you got this other one that's in like India or something <laughs> and it's got like one little, you know, Hershey kiss of a horn and you're like, is that even... <laughs> Like, come on. That's not the that's not a real rhino. You know a lot about rhinos, huh? Yeah. I, I'm really so surprised. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. I'm just gonna show you a picture right okay. now. While you're looking at that, I'm gonna apologize. We are not doing any voicemail today. We're recording this ahead of time. So if you left one, sorry about that. Okay, what let me see this picture? There he is, the Indian rhino. It still looks cool. I guess I'm I'm judging mostly by horn. Like yeah. I said, that's a Hershey Kiss horn. It's tiny. It's, it looks they look way more like prehistoric. It's like what you'd use to break a sheet of glass. Like mm-hmm. a little tiny uh sharp prick. Okay, well it looks really dangerous in that picture. It looks sharp. Really sharp instead of like ground down like a normal rhino horn. It's also called a Javan rhino, according to Google right here. Oh. Well, this is all cool. You making fun of this rhino. Thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's just get into it here. Ready? Mm-hmm.
the rhinos that we are familiar with today wouldn't have looked like the rhinos 50 million years ago. In fact, as they evolve, they morph into lots of different shapes. You've got tiny rhinos, rhinos with longer legs, longer necks. You've got giant rhinos. You name it. We've seen them all. Not you and me personally, but those are the kinds of rhinos yeah, that evolved. Understood. Today, we're talking about the Western black rhino, and that started branching off into its own subspecies around 8 million years ago. There are four different rhino species one is the black rhino and another is the white rhino. And I was wondering why would they were named that because they're both actually gray. Um, there's a theory that the white rhino got its name from the African or Dutch word widget. It's spelled W-I-J-D, which means wide. And that's in reference to their mouths, which are wider than other species. Hmm. And then somehow that just kind of got messed up in translation from wide to white. Then the black rhino is named the black rhino just as a way to differentiate it from the white rhino. <laughs> they, they Science, didn't... man. Boring. Boring names, in my opinion. There are four subspecies of black rhino. You've got South Central, Southwestern, Eastern, or East African and Western or West African. And the Western black rhino, our rhino today, that lived mostly in Cameroon. Hmm. So when I think about rhinos, I think about their horns. Uh, rhino horns are made of keratin, which is the same stuff. Hey, I, my, listen, did yeah. you know that's the same stuff that makes up your fingernails? Oh, thanks for that, Jack. So I, all this poaching and stuff, you go kill a rhino, It's just, you might as well just go collect a bag of toenails. I know. It's the same thing. It's crazy. Man. If anybody wants to buy a bag of toenails for medicinal purposes, I'll gladly supply. Whoa. I no thanks, but <laughs> what? I, I don't have, have a collection in the closet or something. <laughs> but you will start collecting them if someone's interested? Wow. If it means saving the life of a endangered rhinoceros. You're right. Wouldn't you collect your toenails? Yes. Let's do that. You're right. Okay, you've turned my opinion around on this like 180 degrees. That would be yeah. Right. If you did 360, you'd be still going the same direction. No, so I'm half of that, cut that in half. That's a great idea. Right. So when you think of rhinos, you think of their horns, and those are made of keratin, which is the same stuff our nails are made of. If you were to deconstruct the rhino horn you would find these highly compacted tufts of hair that are like glued together by natural secretions from the rhino. Gross. Yeah, I, did, I had no idea. Uh, it is kind of gross, but we a lot of humans like it and they mostly want them for alleged medicinal uses, regardless of the fact that there is no scientific link or proof that rhino horns have any real medicinal use you would probably benefit more from eating a paper cup go on about this paper cup <laughs> i'm interested <laughs> i kind of just I have a headache will this paper cup help me please don't eat paper cups i'm just saying the who doesn't want me to eat it the uh, fda <laughs> traditional western medicine Look, if this paper cup is offering me solutions, then I would be stupid not to consider it. 
We've all had a little bit of a paper cup. You know, the little waxy kind you get when you're a kid. They give it to you on like... Like a Dixie cup. A Dixie cup, right. You, you can't eat it. that. There's wax in it. But we've all unfurled the rim, uh-huh. right? With our mouths out of boredom. Okay, yes. We, right? I'll admit to this. Yeah. So I don't know if we're actually eating more wax in that scenario or more paper cup. Well, I've unfurled it. I haven't tried to eat it. Well, you're going to be just in that process, you will have unintentionally consumed a portion of the cup, whether you realize it or not. <laughs> That's all. Okay. What? Wow. Don't eat a paper cup. But if you did, it'd probably have the same health benefits as eating a rhino horn. Or, you know, rubbing a rhino horn juice on your arm or something. You get it? <laughs> I'm being really aggressive with you today, and I'm sorry. I don't mind. So today, some of the things you might use a rhino horn for are cures for cancer, cures for a hangover, and millionaires drink it because they can. Ugh. I'm sorry, but you're just making this <laughs> way more attractive than it should be. Again, no evidence whatsoever that it cures cancer or hangovers. I like Bel- those two are like the most, those are the two most important. <laughs> Scientists everywhere are having to choose between these two paths of glory. Who's going to first cure hangovers or cancer? <laughs> because somehow they're on equal footing. For sure. I mean, I'm going, obviously I'm going cancer, but I had to think about it. So, um, if you're and then I love your millionaires drink right. it's like oh well that's probably how they got rich they're also I feel like they're also wasn't there a story that they like to eat fetuses oh my Th- God. don't some millionaires do that and it by the way if you're a millionaire in this day and age that means absolutely nothing let's just say billionaire <laughs> yeah so but have you heard millionaires? What you like buy a one bedroom apartment, right? Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're kidding. Any black market rhino horns? Exactly. Uh, did you hear that about the fetuses? Billionaires? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, everybody knows. Okay. They eat them to keep themselves young and give them powers. Okay, and then this is crazy. Even kind of recently, there was a scourge of museum raids where thieves were breaking in and stealing rhino horns from the collections there. Like, that's how much of a black market there is for these. And there's not a lot of rhinos left, so we're, like, breaking into storage. Who are these idiot billionaires who are like, get me a rhino horn? You get bored, right? You don't have to do dishes anymore. You're not bothered with these. Okay, so you fund this heist to get a rhino horn, and then they come make a paste out of it, and it doesn't work. You're feeling pretty stupid. I think you just, you say maybe that, you know, it's like a bag of old chips. Just got a little stale. stale. Let's Mm -hmm. try another museum with some, like, newer rhino horns. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. How did they become so popular in the first place? Well, it all... Have you seen them? The rhino horns? Yeah. There's your answer. They look cool as hell. They do. I mean, are, to me, they're a little less cool now that I know they're just like compacted hair 
mm-hmm. and s- secreted. That's what horns are. Same with cows and stuff, right? Do you, do you remember the Guinness Book of World Records? The person who has the longest fingernails? Yeah, it's gross. That was gross, yeah. And it like curled down like it was hair up on itself. Mm-hmm. They get all spirally. And you're just like, how do you do anything on your day? <laughs> You've got to live with this person. You can't drive. How do you use a fork? What if you just want to scratch your head? Do you got to go up like against a tree like you're a bear? Just so you could get a Guinness Book of World Records? It's crazy. I, I, there must be another reason for it. Okay. So when did this start happening? When did we start becoming obsessed with uh, rhino horns? And it started in the 1950s when Mao Zedong, a.k.a. Chairman Mao, begins challenging Western medicine and promoting traditional Chinese medicine, which specifically includes using rhino horns as a medicinal remedy. And this is just a side note. Chairman Mao didn't even believe in or practice traditional Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. And this basically gave poachers the go-ahead to come in and kill as many rhinos as they could. And they did. Which is just so dumb because if you cut off a rhino horn, it'll grow back. <laughs> so it's, They could have been farming them. Right. Exactly. A few decades after Mao promotes using rhino horn, Western black rhinos are almost completely wiped out. These horns are worth a lot. Depending on how much the horn weighs, you could be bringing in a fortune. We're talking up to $100,000 per kilogram with your average horn weighing between one and three kilograms. Mm. And uh, one kilogram is 2.2 pounds. Mm. So like nearly two to seven pounds and um it's a lot of fingernails that's gonna take some time i'll get there yeah okay so the poachers are in cameroon hunting down the last western black rhinos there's not many left sightings are rare so we've like fast forwarded on this extinction event i haven't even you know it's just yeah they're almost gone uh, so sightings are rare, and so much so that we are ready to officially declare it extinct. But then in the early 2000s, out of the woodwork trickle a few seemingly legit sightings. They decide to put together a team to go investigate and hopefully locate a living Western black rhino. During a series of trips over a six-month time period to Cameroon, This team is walking around, they're talking to locals and trophy hunting guides and poachers. For the most part, poachers and trophy hunting guides are helpful and cooperative. I mean, they really don't want the rhino to go extinct, but you know, it seems like they just have this overwhelming desire to shoot them. So it's like a conflict emotionally for them, right? It's a struggle. (laughs) Here's my meal ticket. Here's my whole business, you know, showing people these things. But I really want to pull this trigger. (laughs) Yeah. So they're helping them out. And the team is also looking for rhino poop 
and you know they're taking photos and all this stuff and then all of a sudden they find rhino tracks they do they find these tracks but one of the team members isn't convinced he thought he or she thought the shape was weird the tracks like they didn't overlap and the rear and front footsteps were almost identical and the running pattern just didn't make sense Mm, i'm skeptical now right were these fake tracks Seems like it, based on the information I've just heard. Kind of, yeah, very fishy. The jury is still out on that. They don't know yet. And the team instructs their local inform informants, the poachers and the hunters, about what these tracks should really look like. So I guess they, you know, guys were looking for tracks, but they don't really look like these tracks you showed us. They look like these other tr- tracks, right? Yeah. And then not long after that, they find some more tracks and they look a little more legit this time. Now that they've had a round of notes. <laughs> exactly. So they look almost exactly how the research team had described them. Mm. You know, they were overlapping. The patterns made more sense. The tracks weren't as uniform as they were before. Uh, it looked to the team like, well, this is a real deal. Except it wasn't. Uh, one of the poachers, he spills the beans, finally, that they were making these tracks. They were using stones and sticks and recreating these western black rhino paths in an attempt to save their jobs. <laughs> and they said that once they had stopped seeing real rhino tracks themselves, that they decided to start making fake tracks so they could still get paid by whoever was hiring these poaching teams. Which is kind of brilliant. I mean, if you're going down that road of employment, which, you know, I understand maybe there's not a lot of other options for you. You're going down this path of, like, questionable morals. (laughs) Anyways. So just keep it going. You're already down there. Keep it rolling. Get paid. Yeah, I I appreciate it because no no more rhinos are getting killed, mm-hmm. but people are getting paid. Yeah, it's great. We're keeping everything moving here. No one's getting hurt, and I can put dinner on the table. And because these tracks were the only real evidence the team ever found of Western black rhinos in the area, they end up concluding that likely this creature was now extinct. No other evidence that they are still alive will surface, and the Western black rhino is officially declared extinct in 2011. And I, that's probably when the poachers lost their jobs. It's kind of how it goes when you're <laughs> hunting near extinct animals. Yeah. It's not a long-term job. You know, what they do a lot of times, and you remember from other episodes, is uh, once they get down to such a few number, they talk to the poachers and they try and flip it into tourism and sightseeing, you know? So we're not going out to hunt anymore. We can create an economic reason to keep them alive. Mm -hmm. So we're paying to look at them, and that's enough. 
Uh, I didn't hear about that. I think in a lot of these areas, there's quite a bit of conflict too. So I don't, I don't know what's happening in Cameroon right now, but uh, it's hard to do tourism when there's like automatic weapons being fired. Yeah. In the forest, but that probably even will... semi-automatic weapons being fired right. make it tough. Right. Okay, so they're extinct, and I'd say that poaching is hands down the reason they went extinct. Those horns were worth a lot. So you got to blame humans on this one, again, for believing that rhino horns have magical powers and creating such a demand for them that it drives them to extinction. Uh, You know, so it's not specifically the poacher's fault. It's the fact that there is a demand for them. Yeah. Which is basically fiction, the Mm -hmm. beliefs behind it. And that's the problem is that ideology. But there's not a whole lot we can do about that. What we have done is try and trick the poachers and prevent them from getting the horns. And they've implemented some pretty elaborate ways to crack down on this. For instance, they scatter fake horns around. (laughs) And I don't know. How does that work? (laughs) Like... Do horns usually just fall off? No, they're. I think some were like three D printed or. Oh, you flood the market, not not like here. Let's put hide some horns out in the field so the poachers come and find them. No, no, that is what I'm saying. Why would that work? Well, because <laughs> first of all, I'd say you got to do a pretty good fake. Your fake's got to look pretty legit because if your job is getting rhino horns, you have a pretty good idea of what a rhino horn looks like. So I'm not sure how they're doing it. I don't know if it's toenails, actual toenails being strewn into a horn shape. Maybe if you like pulverized enough of them and made like a mold. I don't know. 3D printing seems like a good way because you can have some type of filament that like vaguely resembles the consistency of it or something. I whatever maybe I don't know to me it's just like okay we made all these horns we're gonna toss them <laughs> by this I don't bush. think that's how it goes down <laughs> if you're a poacher you're like oh one suddenly look there's a bunch of horns over here they must have fallen off of rhinos no poacher's gonna go for that they've never seen that before yeah the whole thing is a little iffy because here's... I think they flood the black market. They skip the poachers. No, no, no. Wait, wait. This is what they do. They put GPS tracking devices in the horns that they scatter out in the wilderness so that they can trace the horns back to, you know, the lair of the mm-hmm. poacher or the store that it ends up at. Okay. That's why. Somehow it gets into the hands of the poachers. And they pass that off right. to There's some, whoever's paying them. Right. And that's who we're trying to get. So that's one way they're cracking down on it. And another way is that they just hire humans to hunt down the poachers. I hear that's a little more effective. Yeah. And humans hunting humans. We've, I can't remember what episode they've done this before where they hire humans to go hunt the poachers. But that's a wild job. Yeah, I think last the last headline that I read about something like this was just like conservation numbers are up because they're shooting poachers on site. 
shoot to kill orders. I don't know about shoot to kill, but definitely like you see a poacher, you pull the trigger basically is the policy and that's effective. Because they're dead after that? Is that why it's effective? Because nobody likes getting shot bullets at them. Oh, so they're warning shots where like you shoot their knee out? I don't know specifics. Okay. Like I said, I just read a headline. Oh, yeah, you. that's right. And it right. didn't say, you know, like poachers are getting shot in the knee by by non-poaching forces who are just trying to non-lethally kill them. So that would be a very long headline. Yeah. But likely the information was in the article. You're just oh, yeah, saying I'm not going to read it. Right. No. You've never read past the headline. No. Love it. Anyway, poaching is so dumb. There are some people trying to farm rhinos and harvest their horns. So you can tranquilize one, cut off its horn, the rhino wakes up and... Pissed. I don't know. I didn't read that far. I'm going to make an assumption that if a rhino wakes up and his horn is gone, he's pissed. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, Melissa, do female rhinos have horns? Yeah, I think so. I think they all do. Okay. So what what was your point there? Why did you I ask just that? curious. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you, let, you cut off the horn. Now you just got to wait for it to grow back. And then you do it again. <laughs> but because it's illegal to sell the horns, there's some figuring out they're trying to do there because if you have a farm, that's illegal to have a farm. Yeah. Because you can't sell the Okay, it's not illegal to have the farm, but it would be illegal to cut off the horn and sell it. Yeah. And what's crazy is there's even something called the PROA, which is the Private Rhino Owners Association. Okay. (laughs) And they're trying to make this whole process legal. That organization seemed a little little suspect, (laughs) but... Well, you're just saying that as an outsider. Look... If it saves... If tomorrow you're given a platinum card that says you're a member of the Private Rhino Owners Association, I think you're going to be changing your tune. Yeah, definitely. I would like that card. But I'm, maybe I wouldn't. And we're pretty much... I'm pretty much done with all the information I had. But I think I'm against the farms because it's... Why are we even doing the horns? They don't work it's just hair let's stop telling ourselves that rhino horns have magical properties and just leave the rhinos in the wild instead of turning them into farmed animals well because what you're talking about is a cultural thing it's like going to a baseball game and telling people oh don't do a rally hat because there's no magical purpose Mm-hmm. For flipping your hat inside out and putting it on your head. Yeah, but hats aren't on the brink of extinction. True. <laughs> but there's a belief, unspoken belief. If I do this, something fun is going to happen. I get the thinking behind it, but it is 2022. And I think some of these beliefs. Not- I said it before on this podcast and I'll say it again. Sometimes no evidence is all the evidence you need. Wow. Yeah, so good luck, you know, combating that. This is true. So, I don't know. Let's get a couple of these guys on farms. 
Let's start farming rhino horns. Why not? Maybe can we milk f- rhinos too? Good question. Does that show up in your research? Well, they're mammals, so I'm assuming that they yeah. that they have milk, right? Probably with magical qualities. And if you have Ooh. milk, maybe you can make cheese. Hey. Maybe you can shift the rhino horn into rhino cheese and just kind of replace. I feel like this is it. We solved it. I have no idea if you can make cheese from rhino milk, but. I would try it. I mean, that's what you do when you're part of the PROA. Oh, yeah. I bet there's a whole <laughs> wine and cheese tasting if you're right. part of the, if you got one of those cards. Oh, man. Well, that was it. It's kind of a short story. I originally had um, not a rhino expert, but I had uh, someone lined up to talk on the show, and then it, I just I dropped the ball and didn't make it happen. So, oh. and they work at a I will not say the name, but a very well known animal facility where you can visit and look at animals privately, public. Oh. You just got to have money. But I am trying to get him on the show in the future. So, yeah. The rhinos. To me, it's so crazy that they're even still around because they look like they should be extinct. They look way too cool to be on the planet right. anymore. You look back at like Ice Age animals and you're like, these things are insane. Yeah. They're way too big. And then you look at a rhino and be like, yeah, this isn't a modern day animal. Modern day animal should not be this cool. Yeah. Get out of here, rhino. I mean, I don't want them to go extinct, but they do look surreal in a way. All right, guys. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Who knows? Maybe Jack will do the episode next week. I don't know. Crazy. It'd be cool. Be fun. All right. Uh, See you next time. Bye. Wait. We're not done. As promised, some big news about Man of the Hole. Jack, have you heard? It's not good news. It's not good news. He's dead. He died. Yeah. How are you taking that? Uh, I need to brush up on the episode, but one thing I do remember is he was an endling. An endling. Endling. That was a word we used to use and we kind of stopped using it. And that's when are you're the last of your species traditionally, right? Right. But you know, obviously he's a guy. But he's the last of his tribe, so he's an endling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's sad to see it happen. I mean, I think we, we said in the episode, like, this is going to happen. Right. He was the endling. Everybody dies. It was his destiny. We didn't really think he was going to live forever. At least I didn't. I don't mm. know about you. Probably a small part of me did, but... Thought yeah. maybe the holes were some way to have eternal life. <laughs> I don't know. That, they could, very well could have. Like a recharging station that he goes in every right. night. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but your theory is thrown out the door. This is so exciting for the show because we've never had anything like this happen, where it's happening in real time. We found out about it on August 24th. That's when his death was reported to the world. Uh, so I thought we would just discuss it. Yeah, hit me with some details. Yeah. I, you probably forget the whole episode that we did. I usually do. And <laughs> it was great. It's one of my favorites. 
So he was this guy who was living by himself in the Amazon, and he not would... to be mistaken with living off Amazon, which is what a lot of people do. Yeah, Amazon.com with all the boxes and stuff. Right, which is I'm sorry, I shouldn't be cracking jokes at this guy's, you know, yeah. eulogy. Do you remember cracking that joke on the original episode? Because <laughs> I I just listened to it and you did. <laughs> Wow. I love it. I forgot that joke though, so I think it it's fair play. Okay. Why was he called man in the hole? Well, because he dug these holes in the ground. Nobody really knows what they were used for. Some of the theories were that they were hiding holes, maybe they were animal traps, or maybe they had some spiritual significance. Mm-hmm. One of the holes had a little shelf and <laughs> we a little cubby hole. Cubby hole. Yeah, I remember we this. Figured out that's like where you'd put your little eyes. Yeah. If it's me and I'm in the hole, you need that little shelf to put your tchotchkes, put, you know, whatever your little special shelf. thing objects you have you can put there and just look nice and just kind of complete the hole. Right. You know, make it more homey. Great feature to have in your hole. In that episode I had found out that the holes were six or seven feet deep. You know, they were pretty narrow. It just really could only hold a body. But in all the articles that have been coming out since he died, one of them said that the holes or a hole was 10 feet deep. Like, that's really deep. I don't know if that where they're getting that number from if or if they're just like hyping up these holes you know (laughs) like you thought they were six feet but no they're 10 whoa i wonder if that's like oh we don't go in that hole it's too deep (laughs) there's a lesson that he learned (laughs) maybe so what's the fallout i mean are they gonna yeah so again how did they find him all right yeah how did they find him so well, I feel like I need to give a little bit of recap in case somebody listening hasn't heard sure. it. So he was in, at the time of his death, he had been living alone for 26 years. He was the only remaining member of an uncontacted indigenous tribe in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll talk a little bit about like how he got that way later. But eventually they had to protect him. <laughs> And so he was living in this protected area and he had these hired people who would watch him and make sure that nobody was trying to kill him. Mm -hmm. And that's who found his body. Those people who were hired to do that. It's like an organization who, you know, like walks around every now and then and makes sure that he's still there. Yeah. Nobody's bothering you. Okay. Right. I don't think they talk to him, but. I I would assume if you're a watcher like that, you kind of develop this relationship from a distance. Maybe you're talking to him, even though he's not talking back. You know, you're going to form some type of bond. Possibly. Everything I've heard is that no, he made no attempt to do so. No, no, no. I'm saying like you're seeing him through the binoculars. So yeah. like, there you are. Oh. Are you having a good day? Yes. <laughs> You know? Okay. It's a narrative in your head. It's a one-way conversation. Yes. I got you. That's what I'm assuming. Of course. You're out there. Truman Show. Uh, yeah. You got to pass the time. Son. So he 
comes up on one of his huts. And it, yeah, just so you remember, like he built all these huts in that area and inside the huts was the hole. And then usually over top of the hut was a hammock. Hammock, I remember that. So he comes up on the hut and he sees him in the hammock and he's clearly deceased. Hmm. He had been there for a while. Yeah. And the number I got was maybe 40 to 50 days. So, yeah. I'm like, you would, are you, you're not really. So it's a cold case at this time. You know, it's way past the 48 hours. Right. <laughs> we're not thinking we're going to capture we whoever did this. find the farmer or rancher who did it. Yeah. In my mind, these people who were watching him, that was their full-time job. So I'm a little shocked to find out that 40, 50 days had passed before anybody bothered to go check on him. Well, you know, maybe it's the holidays, a little break. <laughs> <laughs> when Okay, so... But you said... When they found him, there was some clues. Yeah, there were. There were. So when they found him, there was feathers, macaw feathers, I believe, on his body or around his body, which says he probably knew he was dying and he performed basically his own funeral for himself. Crazy. I like that. That's good. For me, you know, it's like, one, he's accepting it, right? And he's not freaking out. He's going to do something nice for himself. <laughs> he's going to get some feathers. He's going to put them in a circle around him, you know, make himself real presentable. Yeah. It's cool. It's a good way to go. A lot of people don't go, you know, yeah. with that kind of honor, even if it's something he bestowed on himself as the last of his kind. Wow. It's a good way to go. I'm a, I'm tearing up a little bit. I'm not even gonna lie. I like you. If I had to bet money, I thought they would find him in the hole. It, yes, right. He chose the hammock over the hole. And I really can't blame him for that. If I had my choice, I'd I'll go on a hammock. A hammock. Sure. Nobody wants to pass away just standing up, right? On a twin bed or something. You, wait, what? I'm picking hammock over a hole, over a twin bed, over. Wait, what? Water Where bed? is the twin butt? I'm just saying, places to lie down and pass away. The hammock is up there for me. It's pretty cool, especially draped with macaw feathers. And you said you would have picked a water bed? No. I did not say that. Never. I don't She's wanna... gone. <laughs> Here's all the water sloshing back and forth. Uh, uh, and as you. As you continue to decompose, it just, your body just is yep. <laughs> floating on top of it. Skeleton on the sea. <laughs> if I had to go under those circumstances, yeah, that, that's a great send off. But here's the thing. They still haven't performed a postmortem on him yet. So we might learn. Well, maybe in another 40, 50 days. <laughs> right. <laughs> when we come to bother to collect his body. The reason why I want to know what the results of that are is because, yeah, the rest of his tribe was hunted down by ranchers and farmers in the area. They wanted them gone because they wanted that area to farm. So Man of the Hole had this reserve, and I think it was 
around 40 square miles or something yeah that, that he could live in prime land prime land yeah and at this point he's around 60 years old ish hmm. they really they can't they don't know for sure maybe they're just getting tired and they want him gone like I'm not gonna rule it out okay yeah also as i'm reading about him and i'm sure more, more information will come out in the coming weeks there was this one theory that the way his tribe had originally been killed was with like they were baiting the tribe so they had put out i don't know sugar or something that they might want mm -hmm. and uh they would take it and they'd get used to it this reminds me of the rat island story oh and then like here's some yummy sugar and, yeah you know two or three deliveries into it now it's poison and then rat poison yeah and that's how they died and that's not we didn't talk about that the first time around mm -hmm. and i don't know if i buy it i just i don't think they're going to be taking your sugar they don't trust you they know that you want them dead i mean that makes sense to me if i know somebody wants to kill me i'm not going to be taking their you know gifts but yeah crazy i'm just saying let's in that autopsy report was there rat poison in his blood who knows <laughs> if they were going to be able to find it 40 or 50 days out i know i don't i can't even imagine what that looks like they also said they're probably going to study the surrounding area to see if they can learn more about the holes yeah that'd be <laughs> fascinating right i want to see who's living this one guy living there 26 years what was he doing watch they're gonna find like a tv in one of the holes <laughs> <laughs> i think they numbered his huts that he had built over the years at 53 why was he continually building all these huts gotta have something to do be the last man alive you know some people's hobbies is fishing. Some people's building huts. Yeah, that's true. You got to pass the time somehow. Another thing that came out um, was that you remember in 2018, they captured Man of the Hole on video and yeah. played it for you. Yeah. So that was 2018. Uh -huh. I guess that encounter really freaked him out because they hadn't actually seen him you know, through binoculars or you know, at one of his huts until they found him dead. Mm. I don't, I can't really verify that 100%, but one of the articles said that. Okay, so now, well, like 40, 50 days, I guess. If he was making it, like, I'm not going to be seen by anybody after that freak out situation. It makes a little more sense. Yeah, you're right, it does. Just crazy. I mean, best of luck to you, man of the whole, wherever you are now. I hope you are reunited with your tribe. And I bet there's a a lot of gossip and talking that you are just dying to do because you went 26 years without communicating in your native language to anyone. It's a fascinating story. Do you think he was talking to himself? I would. Yeah. Do you think you wouldn't get your language at that point? No, it's all internal monologue. Wow. Crazy. And external. You're talking to everything. You're talking to a stick, a rock, a hole. 
Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. But we knew it was going to happen, so and I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad he kind of accepted it and had, a, a, you know, yeah. a ceremony. Yeah. So along with the death of man of the whole comes the extinction of his tribe and of the language they spoke. Uh, really, it was more of a genocide of his tribe, but this is extinction event, not genocide, genocide event. event. So yeah. I don't think anybody's going to tune into that. It's pretty depressing. Very. Wow, man. It's just like it happened in real time for us. It's amazing. Well, thanks for picking this up uh, last second and recording this with me, Jack. Mm -hmm. This is so cool. And for real, this is the end of the episode now. You guys can um, turn it off. You know what? It's just going to turn off on its own. But um. (laughs) bye. Bye. A Peg Leg Deer production.